You're listening to You Don't Know Nick, the podcast, a podcast that explores the generational differences from Zoomers to Boomers as it relates to what's going on today. Enjoy. Movies are the best. Good movies, bad movies, original movies, and remakes. Yes, remakes too. My name is Sam Gash, and every other week, I invite a guest to discuss a movie that has been, will be, or should be remade. Together, we figure out the best way to remake that movie. My podcast is called Ideal Remake, and Ideal Remake is available wherever you get your podcasts. talking for an hour up until this point have we wow well i don't know i'm just trying to paint the picture for the mm, audience yeah yeah yeah. jumping in already in progress um i'm not upset with you but oh, you shit. know that this podcast exists mm-hmm. right you know do you know what the name of this podcast is uh you don't know nick yes do you know what this podcast is about uh it's, it's about the generation gap oh then i'm not mad at you oh, okay so it's I not generation you, gap do you think i'd never listen to your podcast the majority before? well i wouldn't blame you if you didn't I've heard your podcast before. Okay, do you like it, though? Uh, I, I do. Okay, because you don't have to like it. First of all, you have, you're an artist, so you know how difficult it is to, A, get a friend to come sh- to a show. Mm-hmm. So I would never, ex- so I stopped asking people, like, hey, check out my stuff, that are fellow artists. Right, right, so I right. would never expect you to have listened to it or hold it against you. Oh, well, thank you. Well, but, I, have, I have listened to it. Like, well, also, you know things. both of us. True, I do. So there is something to, like, checking it out and going, mm-hmm. what are these two people talking about? But I also feel like, um, I feel like, um, I got to know both of you a little bit better by listening to the podcast. I got to know Nick better by doing the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, because as you know, our dynamic b- beforehand was he was my teacher. Mm-hmm. But I was also like, this fucking guy's my friend. <laughs> but like, he's also my teacher. No one respected him as our teacher at all. <laughs> it was it was a pandemonium in his class. Mm. And then when it was suggested to me that we cast him for Heartbeats, I was like, it's a fucking great idea. Mm. And and you were also a suggestion. The, the three guys that were suggested to me, I actually interviewed a couple of other guys mm-hmm. who just maybe their schedules didn't work. Mm-hmm. And it, if they had worked out, they would have also been added to it. Right. But because Ripley's... So I'm talking about heartbeats for those of the people who don't know. Um, Ripley, the, the goal is to have more women than men anyway. Mm-hmm. But like... You were a yes the second we interviewed. I knew Paul Vanosik was going to be in it. That mm-hmm. was important to me. Because mm-hmm. he also gets soap love drama so much, yeah. like in- intrinsically. Yeah. And then Nick was like kind of bandied around as like an idea. And I'm like, you know what? Perfect idea. Nick has serious leading man energy though. Too. 100%. Yeah. And he was enthusiastic to be in it too. Mm-hmm. He could have been like someone who's like, who's your teacher? I was, I was... Check the interview that we had with him, or the uh, the audition, the audition. Uh-huh. was to see if he, that's how he was going to approach it. Okay, okay. Not that he is a good enough improviser or not. I just want to see is he going to listen to me as a director? And he was he wanted he was on the at the audition on time. Yeah. He was there. He's excited, responsive, yeah. and I was like, hell hell yeah. yeah. So then the podcast it was his idea. I couldn't be more thrilled. Um, and we got we get to know each other. We're like so very close now. Yeah yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't have to do this. Well, who are you? Uh, my name is Roberto Lewis. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that is who I am. Yes. What does the T stand for? Uh, Tariq. Mm. T-A-R-I-Q. I have asked you that before. Have you? Um, because I knew a Tariq in mm. in high school. 
And we used to call him Pocky because he was from Pakistan. Oh, poor guy. Was, I know, poor guy. I hope he's gotten past his rage. I guarantee you he was outraged. Of course he is outraged. But, that was, but he accepted it because it was the only way he that he thought he could be socially accepted. Yeah. And my mom said to me, of all people, she mm-hmm. goes, Jessica, you call him by his name. Thank you. I know. Yeah. And I was like, but mom, he wants us all to call him Pocky. She's like, no. She said, you call him by his name? And he was, I remember like, hey, hey, Ty- hey, Tariq, or whatever. Uh-huh. He was so emotional oh, about it. Poor guy. I know. That poor guy. And we had a diverse friend group. Like mm-hmm. we had a, um, uh, an Armenian or like a, it was, it was just not, not. Oh, mm-hmm. We were not woke, obviously, but it, we had um, Iranian friends. We had mm-hmm. an Armenian friend, and he was the Pakistanian guy. It didn't matter. Right, right, right. But I had walked into a group that was already calling him that, so he didn't yeah, question yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, when yeah, I heard yeah. Tariq before, I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Memories flooding back. Look, my mom was so right, though. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, fast forward, actually, a couple years when I tried my hand at junior college, mm-hmm. um... I had an English teacher. I was only going to take English and because I just didn't care. I was only going to take English and theater. And this English teacher was very interested. I didn't even feel, finish his class. But mm-hmm. he was like going through with people's names and like struggling through the pronunciation of their names. Mm-hmm. Uh, he himself was probably um, Middle Eastern mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. And so when he would try and say someone's name... Imagine he had a hard time saying Roberto. He's like, right. rah, rah, rah. And someone's like, hey, just call me Bert or whatever. He right. goes, no. Yeah. You make me say your full name. Mm-hmm. Do not make it easier for me. Yeah. And then he like went on a whole amazing diatribe of, that is, that's your name. Mm-hmm. You own that name. Don't make someone else change that for you. It was very impactful mm-hmm. to, you know, in an awesome way. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My, uh, my mom, who's not always on the right side of history, was in that moment. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I, not that to self-congratulate, but I hope one day he goes like, yeah, these kids call me that. But that was cool. That, this, <laughs> that, that didn't happen totally. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, because I know that it's it's been a thing for me like when i was when i was in school and uh i would introduce myself to people hi i'm roberto and they would be like oh good to meet you and they would turn around and introduce me as robert no quicker way serious? no quicker way to make me what be like oh go fucking fuck you yeah um and, and i think it's about that i think i think it's about like just really seeing people right you know yes I mean? yes yeah. but i don't understand why they would Go to Roberto, Robert, so quick. I mean, it happens all the time, and I think, and I think it's different. I think for different people, it's different things. Some people, I think, depending on where in the country you live. So, so this was Connecticut at the time. So, so then sure. you know, there are people that are like, oh, well, Robert is Roberto in English. I think there's there's some people that's like that. There's some people that think that. So they like, make it. It's like a point they're trying to make. Kind of, or they're, or they're just like, or they they brush aside that. You know, like people who are like, oh, your name is Pedro. Hey, everyone, this is Peter. Like there are people that do shit like that. Um, or or Yikes. people that are like or people that think that um, the O is like a pretension or a put on or something like that. There's that too. Like oh yeah, but what's your real name? Oh your mom your mom likes whatever kind of thing. Um, or they think it's funny or they don't think it's real or whatever it is. Sure, um, I-, I can see that. It's different people for it. And, and then and they can also be like a. It also be kind of like a uh, in the club thing, like people who are like oh you're not really Latino or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, They're trying to homogenize you or soften. Yeah, or it. or just be like. Please don't pretend that you're whatever kind of thing. Um, but but again, I don't want to, I don't want to theorize about people's mind states too much. I'm just kind of like, um, if I'm if I'm serious about getting to know someone, then I'll I'll try to like 
don't know what their fucking name is, right? Uh, well, totally. I, 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 to the point now, when I meet somebody, you and I, we actually taught an improv. Re- yeah. <laughs> we taught it in an improv workshop yesterday, yeah. and our handler essentially was walking us to our, his our room, mm-hmm. and the halls were echoey. So I, when we got passed off to him, he's like, "Hi, I'm Marco," and I was like, "Arco?" Because right, I, right, I literally right. only heard Arco. Right, right, and. Right. I, so I need what I do now is like, is it Arco or yeah, yeah, what yeah. is your name? Because yeah. I also want to make sure I'm not walking away saying yeah, the wrong, the wrong thing name, too. Definitely, definitely. Because it is important, I right. want someone to say my own name. Mm-hmm. But I've experienced it too on the flip, where like I meet someone that's named Joseph. Mm-hmm. Like I know Joseph Limbaugh, and several times I'm like, "Hey, Joe," and he's like, "It's Joseph." Yeah, he did that to me too. And 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 I remember being like embarrassed for him, but then also like, "Thank you," because okay. I don't want to run around like an asshole calling you a name that you don't. Like, that you don't go by yeah. now, because the, because I, and I also want them to think that I'm not respecting them when I do deeply respect them. You know what I mean? Because we, I think this is making me think about people calling you Robert. They might feel like they're also getting you to be your pal right away too by like, hey, this is Rob, you guys. Which I get. Just... But again, you know, I mean, like, and I've said this a bunch of times too. You got to earn a nickname. You can't. You're 100 percent right. That with, takes that takes time. With Joseph, though, mm-hmm. I have a brother, Joe, uh, and so well, that yeah. was my only excuse with him. Right. I said, "Hey, my brother is trying to go by Joseph right now. My penchant is to go with Joe for yep, that yep, name, yep. but I hear you. You're right. I've never heard anyone say Joe. Yep. I'm gonna work on that. Yep. And he goes, "Okay." Like he gave me <laughs> he gave me like a pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. It would be the same thing. It's like. If someone were to call me Jesse, I would like throttle them because it's just you. You yeah. actually clearly don't even know me. Yeah, yeah. yeah would yeah, you yeah, ever yeah. call me Jesse? No. Would you like? It took me a while to call you Jess. Jess yeah. Even I'm I'm used to calling you Jessica and Birdie when I <laughs> when I refer to you to other people. I'm always like Jessica and Birdie, which is actually probably how most people would refer to me in a third party situation right, 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 as right, well. Right. But like, if I saw you, though, I wouldn't be like, "Hey, Jessica and Birdie," <laughs> which people might do that with right, me right, right, for right, sure. Right. But but that's actually interesting that you say with the Jess thing, like, it, people start calling me Jess when they realize other people do, and if we're, like, right, in a right, setting, right. and that's right. fine to me. Right. But people who start calling me Jess of their own volition, yeah. well, or, like, so I had a teacher mm-hmm. in seventh grade, mm-hmm. Mr. Norton, mm-hmm. who, I don't know why, it was just normal, just a normal guy. Mm-hmm. I loved him. Mm-hmm. I lo- he, taught, he taught us, you know, history, and he, <laughs> he was, like, endearing because, you remember, like, the projectors that we had, like, the plastic sheets of paper uh, and you yeah, can write yeah. on it the with overheads. the yes he was left handed so he would like smudge mm-hmm. his his writing or whatever he was just gentle and whenever like he would call on me he was what Jess and no one called me Jess at this point mm. but it made me like it made my heart skip a beat cause like it was a uh, I don't a know how a step to, of intimacy more it was a step you. of intimacy and caring like like he saw me in a different light right. but this was months after him being my teacher. Yeah. So it wasn't like, Jessica, uh, you're Jess or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet there was another Jess in his life too because I feel like I don't, I don't, like when I meet Jessicas, I usually am like, Jessica. I, I don't, you know, I, yeah. I'll hear Jess, yeah, again, like if other people say it, but, but yeah. No, that's a good point. So like my sister has a Jessica friend. Mm-hmm. I don't think she talks to her anymore, but that girl is specifically Jessie. She is, like, no one ever should call her Jessica. Right. And no one has ever called her Jess. Mm-hmm. And she is Jessie, and she looks like a Jessie. You know her <laughs> as Jessie. She wear a lot of denim. Probably, actually. <laughs> now that you mention it, <laughs> that's probably her personality now right, that you right, mentioned right, it. Right. No, she's a, she was a cool little priss, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, she, and her and I had, like, our own, we were very close for a second, and right. then... 
Uh, my sister has fallen out with many a woman oh. in her life. Uh, she's not even gay. So she just says, like, I cut that bitch out, cut that bitch out, right, and she right, like, right, moves right. on. I mean, when you feel deeply. like She feels deeply. I actually used to hold that against her. Mm-hmm. I thought she, that meant my sister was the difficult one. Mm-hmm. Um, where in reality, she went, no, this person is not up to my standards. Yeah. She, like, no, she fucking hounded my mom uh, for a hundred bucks when she could have just asked me to pay my mom or whatever. So like she will hold after several different iterations of maybe transgressions, she'll go, no, fuck that bitch. And she'll like maybe let them come back into her life or whatever. But, but anyway, at the same time, my sister's going to be the best friend you have ever had. Mm. Um, anyway, you, so where does Roberto come from? That's my dad's name. It is. Yes. So sweet. Yeah. What, I don't know. I just lost my whole train of thought. It's great. This is wonderful. This is what the podcast is about. So yes, this podcast is about generational differences, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's not. That's the best part, especially because Nick's gone. Right, right, it's right, not. Right. It doesn't have to be about that. Right, right, Because right, you and I. Although it still will kind of probably still be. Though now that I'm realizing it, you're not a millennial. No, I'm not. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You present as a millennial. Thank you. I don't know if that's a compliment. I don't know if it, but that, I mean, I, I want, I, I definitely feel like, especially in LA, age is, is very odd because, you know, um, everyone has different expectations of, of, of what, uh, what different ages mean. And I honestly, every time I, uh, talk to anybody, uh, and, and mention how old I am, like nine times out of 10, the answer, the reply I get literally is, what the fuck? Like yeah, that. totally. And it, honestly, I think it's, it's, I think it just, Honestly, I think it just comes down to energy level and optimism nine times out of ten. You know what I mean? Um, so That's, like, not a wrong assessment, though. Yeah. Cause I you like, shouldn't you have given up by now? <laughs> and I'm like, well, still here. <laughs> but also, if I look like I'm 45, mm-hmm. I think I might just be tired by life, too. It doesn't mean I gave up on this career. But also, too, what does 45 look like, right? I remember mm-hmm. being... Also, remember, 80s 45 is different than... That's what I'm saying. So, like, I remember seeing a 40-year-old going, that's a 40-year-old. Right, right. Today, it's really questionable. Yeah. Like, so... Also, depends on what part of the country you're in. You're not wrong. Like, East Coast. I feel like if you're if you're on the East Coast, you know, it's like you're mid-30s, you've, you've got your mustache, you're right, you're tucking your shirts in all the time. It's you you were married, you got sad yeah, three yeah, kids, yeah, 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 yeah. or you're divorced. Right, you're like haggling over lawn furniture. It's a whole different... You're thing. not wrong. So even today, so today's mother, Mother's Day, and my sister and my mom and I were uh, visiting my brother's girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she's 40, mm-hmm. and she's about to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about paddleboarding because we just happened to be in the part of California where a lot of people paddleboard. And my mm-hmm. sister's putting it together. This is where we were for my uncle's now wife. Like we went on to her bachelorette party here to paddleboard. Mm-hmm. And it was, I was with, these women were like, she wasn't disparaging them, mm-hmm. but she was like, they were like middle-aged 40 year old women uh. <laughs> paddleboarding, but they were like Olympians. And I'm like, I like, well, Elena, she's like, wait, no, they're not middle-aged. I didn't realize why Elena clarified herself, right, my sister right, being right, Elena. Right. And I was like, Elena, middle-aged is 40. And I, and I realized the woman sitting in front of me is 40. Right, and right, she right, doesn't right. look middle-aged. Right. And, what do you think about, but I mean, like, if we're just speaking specifically, like, middle-aged is not the issue. It's the, it's the, uh, what do you call it? It's the... Connotation? Yeah. Like, people are, people, people use middle-aged as a, as a synonym for, like, washed up or, like, should you really be here in this club right now? Or, yes. you know, or shouldn't you be, you know, at home worrying about like mundane domestic concerns or something? 
Um, and that does come from people judging how someone looks with regards to that. Like, you would yeah. never look at my brother's girlfriend and mm-hmm. be like, she's middle-aged. You're not going to... In the conventional sense. In the conventional sense. I'm going to share with you something my sister said to me. I did. We talked about this already, but okay. I want your hot take on it. Okay. Uh-oh. Well, no, I, re- I forgot that I told you about this yesterday, but I remember now. Mm-hmm. My sister said to me that men see a 35-year-old woman mm-hmm. who's never been close to marriage mm-hmm. and with a couple cats mm-hmm. as a red flag. As a red flag. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think, I feel like, you know, there are different types of people looking for different types of things. I, I think it's, I think, uh, I think it's like, it's one thing to look at someone's stats. And it's another thing to look at the person and have them tell you what their life is about. So, for example, like, um, I spent a, a lot of time on, on uh, you know, online dating platforms. Good for you. No, no, no. No, it's horrible. It's a nightmare. It's, it's the worst. And, and I think part of it is because of it's all of those. It's <laughs> In 100%. It's a circle of hell, for sure. It's, it's not great. I mean, I mean, it's or, or rather, it's great for it's great for certain people. It's great. There's some folks for whom that's it's very it works and it's efficient. But um, but like that whole stat thing, I think definitely comes into into play. Where it's like where you're just if someone tells you, oh, what do you think of a person this age you know, with this job who does this thing? Um, and so you know, it's easy for you to make up a narrative before you really know what the person. When you're talking to a person, obviously, it's a whole different. You're story. totally right. I could be in a room at a bar or something with somebody and and I mean I would swipe left on that person in a heartbeat, but now I'm talking if to you them. You only knew their th- yeah. Uh, uh, that's the my that's my hang up with online dating. It's everyone's hang up. I mean that's the thing cuz like I at the beginning of this year, beginning of this year, I was like uh I I decided like okay, I'm done with online shit. Um it's going to be in person and that's it. I'm yeah. Like, I'm just going to talk to people and uh and uh yeah, within a couple of months, I'm like, oh, I found somebody who I'm who I'm really into, and and again, it was all about when you meet them in person. It's like, uh, uh, this is the thing we, we we found the thing, and then the 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 stats are are, are details to discuss later on. It it totally is true because yeah. I I really do I would have said I believe this more a year ago that mm. chemistry comes first, and then you can find out whether you two are compatible. It can happen in other well, ways. Uh, ke- well, chemistry also too is like. It's a tricky thing. I feel like there's the spark. Mm-hmm. People, but I think also chemistry is just, you know, there there's a, yeah, there's a rapport that you can have with people. Like, there, there are plenty of people who, yeah, like when I was on online dating, who, who yeah, who I who I went out with. And I'm like, oh, if I had met you in person, I would never have asked you out. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right? There's no, there's no, there's no back and forth here. There's no, no one's hitting the ball back. You know what I mean? Um, but I have chemistry know. with my best friends, too. Mm-hmm. But I'm not trying to F them. But, but I oh, have like. cursing on this podcast? Oh, I just say F sometimes. Oh, oh we're definitely cursing okay, on this well, podcast. But well, sometimes for effect, I'll you. say F. It does pop. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, because I'm talking about my friends and I respect them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yes. I am not going to say Amanda Troop and F in the same <laughs> sentence. That's just not going to happen. Shout out to Amanda. Yeah, 100%. I talk about Laurie on this podcast every single time. <laughs> this is now the 45th episode. Nice. And you can probably attest to this every time we've talked. Doesn't Larry true, come true, up? True, true, true. She comes up every time. Yeah. So they're kind of are like my universe. It's like the Jessica universe right, right, in this right. world, or like a like Matt Damon with Jimmy Kimmel or something. Like it's a hundred percent. Like, yeah, yeah. why is that a thing? <laughs> or um, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. Okay, like, okay. why right. those yeah, two yeah, yeah, rivals? Yeah, yeah. How did that happen? Yeah, why yeah. is this happening? <laughs> so yes, no, I we definitely curse. I've said some of. It the worst things I've ever said on Excellent. this podcast. Excellent. And there's no other way that I have it. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to soft pause. All right. We're going to take a break. Cool. We're going to do a commercial. Sounds good. You don't have to do it. Right on. But someone else is going to. I can help you. 
I have it already. Okay. But if you want to improvise one on the other side, I'll be more than happy for you to do it. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, will you still be here? Yeah. Okay, okay, great. Great. Hello, listeners. It's your new friend, Philip Mata's, here to advertise in your ears. If you're looking for a good read, I would highly recommend a book that I wrote. It's called The Murderous Haircut of the Mayor of Bel Air, and it's a funny and exciting mystery, which is the first in my Psychic Barber Mysteries series. It is the story of Danica Lumen, a struggling hairstylist who also has secret psychic abilities. Normally, she touches the heads of her customers to see just what type of styles they want, but things go sideways in her life when she touches the head of a new customer and sees a dead body. The murderous haircut of the mayor of Bel Air has collected tons of five and four star reviews, and it would like to collect one from you as well. So just search for murderous haircut Philip to find my homepage and learn where best to buy your copy of your next favorite book, The Murderous Haircut of the Mayor of Bel Air. And now, back to the show. We've eaten. Yes. It was a very quick food break for Mm -hmm. us. 30 seconds. But I'm going to hold you to your offer. Which offer? That you have to improvise commercial mm. for me. I'm going to uh, give you the subject of the commercial. Okay. And you can, imp- you can interpret it however you want. Okay. 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 Uh, this, you are doing a commercial for a kid's Christmas toy. Kid's Christmas toy. Set in the 80s. Set in the 80s. Um, any, any particular type of toy? Nope. Just go for it. Uh, give me a texture. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Both boys and girls can play okay. with this, okay. and um, they're gonna be, um, they're gonna scare your little siblings. They're gonna scare your little siblings. Okay, um, let's see. Um, the name of this product should be uh, Snot Horses. Okay. Uh, they're little. They're still seahorses, and they're made out of like goo. Okay. Um, got it. Well, got boys it. and girls of all ages will enjoy Snot Horses uh, from the makers of Garbage Goo and Toilet Dump. <laughs> Um, comes snot horses. Um, we provide you with a, um, a a canister filled with our patented green goo. Just mix in a little bit of flour, a little bit of baking soda, and in five minutes you have your very own snot horse. Gross out your friends. Impress that girl you've been looking at. Snot horse. Snot horse. Sing with me the snot horse song. Snot horse. Snot horse. Snot horse. Snot horse. Nothing is as gooey as a snot horse. Fourteen ninety five. Caution. Do not eat. <laughs> High five. Uh-huh. That was fucking great. Oh, thank you. you oh, I would have bought it. Oh, nice. It's like, because I just learned about my monster, my little monster. The game, like, there was a, my monster pal. It sounds, it sounds familiar. In 86, they released this, my little monster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's about as tall as a toddler. Okay. And he has chains. That has orange chain links that you can break free. Oh, that does sound familiar. It, it, is it like a purple monster? It, he's furry? like blue, but like purple eyes. And like, yes, furry. This bit, you know, big as my torso, uh-huh. and you can break free, my little monster. <laughs> Everyone wants one. And because me and my friend Scott, who you met yesterday, we're playing this game, and in the corner there's a Furby and a My Little Monster, uh-huh. and I missed the window of that 
toy. Oh, right. Because uh, right. I was born in 86. So I have no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why I, I was inspired by that. I, I feel like uh, 80s marketing was so aggressive that you could sell kids anything if the commercial was fun enough. Well, and everyone had to buy the same thing, too. Mm-hmm. So that's why you still had, like, the... Like, today, not every kid buys the same toy. Right. Maybe if you're all watching Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. you may go... Oh, okay, well, I'm going to buy this year's Hot Wheels and everyone wants the same Barbie set or right, whatever. Right, 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 I right. remember trying to figure out what I wanted for Christmas one year, mm-hmm. sitting in front of Nickelodeon and just writing down what the commercials were. <laughs> yeah, there it is. That's, and that's and then all of a sudden, like, it started making sense to me. I'm like, yeah, oh. It should be illegal. Well, that and that Christmas was not like a sweet thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, th- yeah. this was like it's all a mercenary com- fucking cold-blooded steel-jawed holiday. I was like, why do I want all these toys that I actually don't want? Mm-hmm. Or what? It, it just was the, the transparency. It became transparent to me. Yeah. But in the 90s, in the 80s, and maybe even the 70s, there was one main toy, or there were two yeah. main toys that yeah. everyone had to have, which is why you have this shared history of, mm-hmm. do you remember having the trolls? Yeah. Beanie you, Babies, or like the slinky. My buddy, or like... Yeah. yeah. Well, my buddy is Chucky. Was that... But, but like... My, was there a real My, my buddy? buddy. My buddy, my buddy and me. That was a real thing. Was it a real thing? I think the Chucky thing was was ripping off that. Got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought it was Chucky. I mean, they were creepy, and that's why I think Chucky did that. Which yeah. it totally worked. You know, yeah. I watched... Speaking of which, um, did we talk about this? Maybe. The uh, I think it's Chris Sarandon, who is the lead of the original Child's Play. 100% Nick Masu energy. Like when the you, little kid? No, no, no. Oh, no, the, the, cop, the, the cop. cop. Like when I, I remember when I saw it recently, and I was like, Nick Masu could 100% play that role. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've only watched it recently yeah. for the first time ever. Yeah. So like my community on Twitch, uh, we donated to get me to watch it. Because okay. I, I don't like horror. Uh, so I was like, oh, no, I never want to watch this. Yeah. I didn't realize it's camp. Are there types of horror that particularly you can't watch? Because there's a lot of horror that... I feel like I don't think of as horror, and then I'm like, oh yeah, I guess Chucky is the horror I can watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some oh, grotesque. Is. I didn't know that yeah. up until because C- Chucky gave uh, me nightmares, my little brothers nightmares. Well, you were also kids, yeah, right? So, yeah. and also, why are you watching it if you're a kid? <laughs> like, you guys shouldn't have been watching because it. Because it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it is awesome, and it's a joke. It's like like Stephen Dorff is also like, fuck you, motherfuckers. Like, it's ridiculous yeah, yeah yeah but if we're talking about like hereditary i'm not i'm not trying oh, to right. i'm not seeing hereditary i don't want to watch see it. midsummer and that fucked me up i i i i heard about it it's a daytime horror like mm-hmm. or daylight horror or yeah. something and i love Frances Pugh because she's just very great florence, florence thank yeah, you yeah. she's excellent she's, she is Always good. She's always good. Always. So there was a part of me going, maybe I do want to see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I read through the wiki short, you know, yeah, the yeah, yeah, spark yeah. notes of it. And yeah. I went, I don't think. Well, actually, because I read through the spark notes, I actually feel like I could watch it now. When I left, I watched the director's cut at the fucking uh, draft house. I left shook. 100% really? 100% shook. I went with Justin. We were both like, what the fuck? That's the thing about daytime horror, right? It's because it's like, at least if you're like, when it's dark and you're, I don't know, it's, it's hard to... You're vulnerable, you're... Yeah. yeah, but it's also like, it, it because it fits... I think part of it, too, is like you you think of the tropes of horror, but you, and you think of horror as being inherently fictional, right? Like, this is scary, but it's a scary movie kind of thing. And daytime horror is kind of like when you're out and you, like, you're at the Grove and you're like, some dude's following me. Like, this is really happening. Yeah. There's no escape from this. Like, that's how it felt. Like, just, yeah. That's actually, it does sound like a nightmare. Yeah. A waking nightmare. Also, too, you know, I also, I, I think that, like, the kind of horror, like, there's, there's, like, 
ghost horror, zombie horror, monster from beyond, beyond horror. But when it's just like people who just like for some reason have decided they want to carve you up or something, like that's the scariest. What's show. the movie that we're like, why are you doing this to us? Because you were home. The strangers. Or what, yes. Or funny games. Have you seen funny games? No, because I don't watch this shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is not my genre yeah, because yeah, yeah. as a single woman living alone. I don't need anything oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that goes, this could happen to you. Yeah. Like, I th- I think people liked, like, I'm not going to watch Scream. I don't want to watch Scream. Scream? Yeah. You could probably appreciate Scream. I, I don't think so. You don't think so? I mean, the first scene is Drew Barrymore being eviscerated. Oh, yeah. Eviscerated. I mean, the first one is scary as fuck, but it's also very fun. Um, and, I, and I'm and i a big fan of Scream 2. I think Scream 2, Scream 2 is more fun and also, but it's just like, wait, no, not, not more fun, but it's like. It's like the pace is great, and the, I don't really like any of the other screen movies afterwards. Afterwards, I feel like you could you could totally watch those and don't put you'll be fine. That's fair. I did watch um, Final Destination mm, with a friend of mine. One? I watched all of them. Was that from a stream bet? No, like, this mm-hmm. was one of my friends. I was sixteen, mm-hmm. or she was sixteen, and I was fifteen. Yeah, and she goes, "We're gonna watch this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she lived at the end of. Like a wash, like you know, um, where the river runs through a wash, like not like a nice river, where, okay. but like, so in the suburb, in the suburbs, but like not in like the great part of the suburbs, okay. at the end of a wash where it gets there's just like pitch black for a mile, okay, okay. or whatever. Yeah. She had like horses, so there was like a lot of open space by her too, uh-huh. and then it started like thundering and lightning uh-huh. in her house at her house, and we're like watching Final Destination, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, this yeah. is a fucking nightmare. That being said, when then we I think we watched literally three of them that oh, night, wow, wow, wow. and then I think we got all the way to five because I was like, wow. I've already watched them. I was like, I kind of know what's going to happen yeah, now. Yeah. To the point like where you're seeing the third one and the guy's getting decapitated by a fence. I haven't got that far. I only saw the first one. But you can imagine, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah, the different yeah, ways that death comes for them. Yeah. It can be insane. Yeah. It's the bus bit in the first movie. I don't. I think I blocked it out. I, don't I know saw what that in the theater. About. Like it's it's where. Like this, 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 this girl is like she's annoyed because everybody else is paying so much attention to this, this whole thing, and then she's like, "Why don't you all just drop?" Dead? And then, a, and then a bus comes from out of frame and fucking destroys her, and everyone in the theater was like, "Ah!" And then started applauding. And I'm like, "That's pretty good." It was like I, the first Final Destination movie. I feel like there are maybe I feel like there are two kills that I remember in that movie like oh, I was like well done yeah that one in the plane at the beginning and the rest of it I kind the of the plane break. is horrifying yeah, yeah. and I think that the was... blood sprays in the wall like oh. that that makes it there's so that I think that's what's interesting about like those kind of movies like the second one starts with um I think it's the second one is that the roller coaster one I don't no. remember. Or is it, or is it the, the, the uh, traffic accident? The one? traffic accident. Okay. That one sticks with me to this day. Yeah, yeah, so if yeah. I ever see like a log, yeah, yeah, yeah. like truck, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to die. <laughs> Have you seen the beginning of The Descent? Why would I? I don't oh want to. Gonna, it sounds horrible, <laughs> Roberto. But these are, those are the women that do the splunking, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah, yeah, yeah. With an alien down there or something? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a traffic accident at the beginning of that movie. Is there? That will... Stay, well, stay, stayed with me, 100%. You know what never left me? Meet Joe Black. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it, 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 it a place for comedy now. It really does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're <laughs> just like, oh, shit. It is insane. Yeah. You know, here's the funny thing. People talk shit about Joe Black a lot, but I saw Joe Black in the theater, mm. and I was like, this is the best movie I've ever seen. It's a good concept. Yeah. It's a good concept. It's very, it's very earnest. Mm. Um, It's very 90s, I guess. 
Um, they did love this coming back to life thing because, like, you think about City of Angels with Nick Cage. Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot yeah. of people forgot about this movie. We did a Nick Cage ra- so on my stream we do t- tier rankings mm-hmm. of the most fuckable characters from like a genre. Mm-hmm. We did the Muppets. Like, who's the most fuckable Muppet? Uh, let's Gonzo. See. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I would have picked and you for Ralph. A- oh, I would have picked you for an animal. Animal's insane. Yeah. No, that's not for fucking. You will... So here's the tier. Hold on. Hold on. To be fair, we've invented our own tier. So like in (laughs) normal reality, it's S tier, A tier, B tier, C tier, D tier. Wait, what? S? S tier is what everyone calls... Like it's a gaming term, I guess. Mm -hmm. But like when you do tier rankings, S tier is like the most special. I see. Okay. A tier being like... That's an A plus. Like think of S tier as like extra credit. Got it. I create an extra S tier usually Mm -hmm. or rename the S tier. Mm Mm-hmm. So, like, for Marvel, it was the Loki tier. For Lord of the Rings, it's uh, Aragon, or, okay. or, or whoever I think is the most sexy. Got it, got it. For me, we started off going, just so people knew, oh, did I tell them that? I think I said, this is Gonzo tier. Like, the Gonzo oh, tier was yeah, yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, up yeah. here. Okay. I think, so, but, so again, we renamed things. Yeah. So, Gonzo tier is S tier for uh-huh. our purposes, let's say, with the Muppets. Uh-huh. A is Awuga. <laughs> the Awuga tier. Which one is? Like, Awuga! Oh, like yeah, A yeah, tier, yeah. right? Uh-huh, right. B tier is Bangable. Okay. Okay, okay. C tier is Cumable. Cool, cool, cool. And D Wait, is. Wait, Cumable is below Bangable? Yeah, because you will bang that. Oh, I see, I see. And then Cum is like, they make me come. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, could, I could do that. I hear that, I hear that. I don't want. It's not my first choice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I could. They would. They would. I could we'd we'd get exactly. We yeah, get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. D is don't go there. Got it. Got it. Okay. Oh, actually, don't go there is like when we realize. Oh, accidentally, this Muppet isn't of age or consenting oh, I see, age. I, see. I, I would have thought that that the the bottom of the tier would be like this is the last fuckable tier, and then below that is don't go. No, there, there are no ways. Like, no ways. Well, d- yeah, D. Well, the way we do it, yeah, like yeah. it's there's like trash tier. D is either trash tier or like no fucking way. Yeah, 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 like yeah, not yeah. if there was one Muppet left on Earth, would I fuck? that much so you had to agree did you did you did you have your own picks for each tier that's the complicated but fun part about it so we had three of us okay um my friend scott and uh, a twitch streamer named sokatu who's now my boyfriend alex okay. we were talking about muppets yeah yeah and he so we would have to agree to come to some consensus so if someone was like that guy's a wooga, mm-hmm. and Scott's like, no, that's a don't go there. We mm-hmm. might put them in comable. I see, I see. Or the Twitch stream can tip to give us a gimme. Okay. So $25, they give us a gimme, and I can put Gonzo wherever the fuck I want, if yep. I want, only once. Yep. But but then if someone doesn't agree with where we put a gimme, they can pay $10 to move it one tier at a time. Okay. And if someone doesn't agree with, like, animal being put in a wooga, they, and, but it wasn't a gimme, they can move it for $5. Okay. At, at a tier at a time. Okay. That is complicated. It is complicated, but it it's, makes for a very fun night. Mm-hmm. And so, like, people didn't agree with my hot takes on candy. And so they made me, like, move Razzles to A. Or, or for 15 bucks because I put it in trash okay. or something okay. like that. Got That's it, an example. It. Okay. Um, but when you have three people trying to agree on, like, fuckability... Right, right, right. Now you're getting in... the. This is actually what makes the stream fun, is the debate of why. Yeah, everybody's, like, personal things, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Now, and Camilla, no one wanted to fuck Camilla. We, like, thought that we Camilla is the, the chicken that Gonzo fucks. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but then you know that Gonzo fucks because he fucks the chicken. Right, right, right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, like, yeah, that's yeah, important yeah, to yeah. consider... When you're thinking about Gonzo, good point. Also, his nose is a dick. That's another that thing. Too, that too. Also, he's a true artist. <laughs> he's like trying yeah. to always break the barrier. Where did uh, Miss Piggy fall in this conversation? I think she was bangable because because she's a difficult bitch. As I've gotten older, 
I have much more uh, appreciation for the Miss Piggies. Why? Because, I mean, she is energetic. <gasps> she is focused. She is determined. She is like... She's a, she's a cunt. Right, but she's like, you're not going to be bored if you take Miss Piggy home, right? You're going to reg- you're going to you're gonna be come emasculated. Home with no, you're going to be like, emasculated. you're going to be like, you're going to be like, I've never been punched in the mouth while coming before. But, <laughs> and I love it. But I fucking love it. I didn't know I would love it, but I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. That's why these tear streams are so yeah, yeah, yeah. important. And we have to find a, like a, like a friend. Are you okay? Important. Mm-hmm. It's not important. No, no, no. <laughs> I said important. No, no, no. Just... It's not important work. <laughs> It's why they're so enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, did I spit on you? No, it's hilarious. I made you spit take your food yesterday, and now I've made you spit take yourself. It's fantastic. No, they're not. It's not important work. We're doing the work no one else would want to. Yes, yes, yes. We'll have to find a genre that you like. Like, if you want to do Fast and Furious, come on by. Like, okay, I don't okay. know what you like. Mm. I mean, I know what you like, but something that we haven't already done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go. Right. Like, I'd be happy to have you on there oh, and hear your hot takes. Because <laughs> if you're talking about getting punched in the face and coming at the same time, you'll fit right in. I'll say this: experimentation never ends. You're totally right. And I think this. And I think I feel like this keys. Maybe a little bit back into the age conversation, right? Which is like, which is like, yeah, there's, there's never, you're still learning, right? You're still discovering new shit about things, reading things. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know that I would be more interested in edging than I ever thought I would be, like until lately. I don't want to be edged because it's really hard enough for me to come, uh, but I will edge the fuck out of you because mm-hmm. I'm in charge. <laughs> I didn't know I liked that, but that's fun. But that goes back to animal though. It's too. funny that you didn't know that you liked that. Because I would have pegged that immediately. I had, I didn't know it was a thing. The, any other previous partners that I had wasn't on the table. I see, I see, it was like I see. no one else thought about it. I see. I, see. I have a couple fantasies in my head of like, oh, that'd be interesting to try that. Yeah. But also, it's so it's not avant. It's not like the weirdest thing anyone's ever suggested in the well, bedroom. So it's hard to explore something if you're not with somebody that is for a while or like, yeah. It, it's it's also it's not just sexual openness. It's uh-huh. also emotional openness yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Usually, yep. and I haven't had. I haven't had a sexual partner that I've enjoyed and had that with. Got it. So, uh, so in my mind, <laughs> apologies out there, y'all. <laughs> no, do not apologize. This is what they come here for. Uh, they okay. Come being the operative word. Uh, so that's the issue with animal not being S tier mm-hmm. because that thing won't listen to you. He will fuck the shit out of you, but he's only going to do what he wants to do mm, and probably give you an STD. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, Do you know what I mean? I hear that's fair. Now, that's fair. but if you look at Rolf, it's fucking animal. Yeah, he's exactly. Fucking, fucking drummer. Yeah. Well, Rolf is gonna listen. True, true, true. Oh, he's you're right. Be you're right. Chill. Yeah. He's gonna. Hey, man. Just I'm gonna play the piano. True, true, true. Do you want me to go down on you? Great, great fingers. Have you seen, <laughs> have you seen the fabulous Baker Boys? With no. The, with Jeff Bridges. No. It's a hot fucking movie. Jeff it's Bridges, a movie. It's Jeff Bridges, Bo Bridges, his brother, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Right. Oh. So Jeff Bridges and Bo Bridges are um are a, they're a, they're a um, they're like a musician duo, right? They like play kind of like, you know, I don't know, like a jazzy shit. Yeah, whatever. sure. Like and dueling then, pianos kind of thing. Exactly, right. And and then and then uh, Bo Bridges is like the dependable, kind of put upon older brother who, totally. who does the taxes and makes sure that they get their gigs. And Jeff Bridges is like the hot dude who like fucks, fucks everybody, you know, super talented, you know, kind of tortured, whatever, mm-hmm. fucks and leaves him. Then Michelle Pfeiffer joins their group as a vocalist. They totally take off because she's like super charismatic and can t- totally sing. And then, uh, then uh, Jeff Bridges and Michelle Pfeiffer start sleeping together, and it all falls apart, all ends in tears. Super good. Anyway, uh, in the in the in I think Jeff Bridges' character introduction, he's leaving um, some woman's house after rocking her world or whatever, and she's like, "Hey, nice fingers." 
And I, and I, I never forgot that. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's that, that musician thing, that piano thing. I think Rolf would, Rolf would, uh, Rolf would. Rolf would do some work. Would do actually, he would do his proud. That's why Swedish chef got mm. high up there because it's actual real human fingers who do the, all those chef work. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's right. like, you're not wrong. Yep. I, I'm trying to decide how much to talk about, but just out of respect to somebody else. But, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> oh God, I once pulled an all nighter mm-hmm. at Bo Bridges' house. What? I know. I went to school with his daughter. What? And so, and she was a theater kid. What? And as funnily enough, I went to a different school for the last two years of high school, but then I saw her again in an audition for Juilliard. So anyway, just like wow. Bo Bridges was in my Mm-mm. universe for mm. a little bit. Oh. Um, but the guy I'm dating now is a saxophone player. Ooh, so I'm like, shit. and he's even like, I got dexterity. I'm like, oh, <laughs> great. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so you're not wrong. I'm sure it's an element of. I'm sure. But it, again, it's still applied. How do we apply it? Explain. You can have a dexterous fingers, mm-hmm. but if you don't want to touch your vagina, true, you might not. You, you might not be doing well with that. True. So oh, I, I, it always, it, I like. I feel like if you're an artist, <laughs> I mean, it, it, it sounds cheesy, right? But if you're an artist and you're working on your art, you're probably hanging out with other artists, and artists are freaky. As yeah. Fun. I feel like I've discovered this more and more in the last couple of years. The more the more into sort of artist circles I get and the conversations with people, I'm like, artists are, are not um, are are less judgmental. I feel like than the population as a whole. Oh, right? it's potential, right? Because they're already they're already you're already in like somewhat forbidden territory because you're doing this stuff that isn't obviously profitable, right? In the, right. So you're so you're already like, well, what the squares have to say, I'm gonna take that with a grain of salt. Sure. Right. And so and so like. The conversations I've gotten into in the art, art, art like the artistic community lately, I'm, I'm like, yeah, like people are into all sorts of shit. Like, you know, I, I feel way more square <laughs> than I did five years ago. Well, this is a, actually a great segue mm-hmm. into a like I know you because you you are in my community. You, you know, you were brought into my community. You are an artist, mm-hmm. but you, I think you had a life leading up to this, mm-hmm. and I'm curious to learn about that too. I think. The, the challenge is that we've already talked and hung out forever, but I, right. I don't want to, like, even for the audience to hear, like, that trajectory for you. Right, right, But, right. so you're an improviser. Mm-hmm. You're an actor. Mm-hmm. And what else do you want these people to know about you? I mean, I don't, I don't know what I want, what I want them to know. I mean, um, yeah, because I, 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 I always get tripped up when it comes to these sort of, like, identity conversations or, or sure. how do you, how would you sort of sum yourself up? Like, I know where I have come from but i feel like i'm still what are you pursuing right now what am i again same thing right 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 now i mean the, the way i've put it lately because right now i'm in a particularly kind of scatterbrained sort of area right where um so for example like the acting stuff i've i've been kind of resistant to the acting thing for a while and i and and uh i think just because you know the the acting lifestyle like i talked to so many people who are uh, tortured by the, you know, the constant rejection, the, you know, the, the sort of, um, the, the, the amount of, of sort of mental fortitude required to, to, to stay hopeful about a certain dream when everything about the industry seems to tell you like, oh, we are not interested in people like you. you know right, I mean? right, like, right. You know, I, I've been told like, oh yeah, you're, you, you, you can't play high status characters, um, because of your bone structure. And I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> and they're also wrong. Because <laughs> yeah. you read high 
class to me. Do you know what I mean? But but also that's my opinion right, right. too. But yeah, but I, I I was told this by somebody. I understand who, for who. I would. Um, and so yeah, and so and, and, and so yeah, and so and so and, and credit to you. I've repeated this to people a couple of times. Um, I remember talking to you after that conversation, and I was like, maybe I'm just not meant to do this stuff. You know, uh, and and your response was like, well, we make our own shit. Like that's the only way to forward. And so that's always definitely helped. So 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 you know yeah. I guess I guess you know you know the. the the the, uh, the sort of con the constants I guess throughout my careers or whatever has been uh, you know teaching and writing and and so now I'm I'm trying to figure out how to how to how to do the the performance stuff that I really love to do that I'm now uh, understanding how much I love mm-hmm. um, with the things that I that I'm that I'm already good at so um, I'm trying trying to figure out how to put those things together. To be fair, it's really hard to figure out in general because that's always going to shift anyway. Right. So, but you're also in LA to do this yes. too. So yeah. right now, I think what, what I've been doing for the last year or so is I've been trying to, my rule has just been like, oh, I want to work with talented people that I respect on projects that, that, uh, that are that are interesting to me, right? Right. That so, light you up or whatever. Exactly. So 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 instead of I mean like while while it, maybe it would make more sense to be like all right I'm gonna go I'm gonna do the straight auditioning route and just like just kind of hit that forever until something pops up or I'm gonna go the spec writing route until something pops up. Lately lately it's been like okay well yeah what's the what's the problem? like so heartbeats is an example of yeah. something like that yeah and I'm like oh well this is working with great people I'm learning stuff because everybody is more experienced and better than me at this stuff and I and I definitely feel like I grew as an artist during that period definitely. I mean, so just trying to find things like that. So, yeah, I think I went into acting thinking that I was going to get my artistic fulfillment out of that. Mm -hmm. When in reality, I'm making my money in acting Mm -hmm. and I'm getting more artistic fulfillment with other things. Mm -hmm. Do I want success out of those things? Absolutely. Am I making other things so that maybe I can sell heartbeats or do I want this podcast take off? Sure. But like also get too tired and I don't want to. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. I'm just going to put it out there today. Right, like, right, that's right, all it's right, going right, to be. Right, right, right. And the 30 people that listen to it, they're going to really like it. And right. I'm happy I did it, too. Right. But I, when I stopped framing, like, oh, acting, A, so, like, if I go on an audition and I don't get the callback or I'm being told certain things, mm-hmm. that's not reflectant on what my capability is. And so the rejection doesn't usually seep in right. at a certain point that doesn't mean like after two years you're not booking right. it doesn't make me go what am i doing right but i do have i guess i think i have a skin with uh rejection because i've also experienced it a lot mm-hmm. in this business too right. Right. but again i want the mo- I'm, commercials are not fam- fulfilling to me mm-hmm. but there's money yeah that theater's not gonna pay it's just not gonna happen should i'll take it exactly yeah. so but i get to afford the lifestyle that i get to go do those things anyway mm-hmm. that's this the thing i offer to you mm. but have you always known you were going to be an actor what was not your work okay not that's what's interesting it to me it didn't even occur to me to be an actor um until the beginning of 2020 what the fuck happened so who were you before so like the the fact that the reason why i wanted to ask this uh-huh. is because pff, it's so interesting to me I don't know that I've ever really been friends with squares. So <laughs> I just think people are freaks. Right, right, right. right. Or whatever. I think that's yeah. normal humans. Yeah, and yeah. then I catch myself at a party with my brother's technically mother-in-law mm-hmm. talking about how a woman got pregnant because she got she went on a, down on a guy, swallowed his cum, got stabbed in her uterus, and then got stabbed in her stomach. And she got fucking... She goes, <laughs> okay. Roberto's looking at me like I'm insane. I, okay, I was listening. It's a crazy story. It's a crazy story. Also, who's crazy? Is the story crazy or is the person telling it crazy? Kristen 
Belle told this story on armchair what? expert to her husband six within the six months. Holy shit. Talking about just how like wild what life can be. Yeah, how yeah, like yeah. a Virgin Mary situation. What silver lining? Not uh, meaning the story that like me telling. What, what do you mean? No, I mean like you get stabbed in the face or stabbed in the. In the she got stabbed in the gut and then got stabbed in the uterus and, and then got pregnant. pregnant out of it. Yeah. So like I was telling the story like guys, isn't it fucking weird? <laughs> and everyone's looking at me like, what? Because yeah. <laughs> I should never have told that. No, no, you should. I, I mean, I'm glad I I'm did. I'm looking for the person at the party telling that story. A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But clearly, you have a little bit of experience with the people that are just like, so how was your nine to five? Right, right, right. Exactly, exactly. So Plastics, what? my man. Plastics. Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> Invest in Tesla <laughs> or whatever. Right, right. So right. what was what were you doing up until that point, and how did you get to the point where you're like, I'm gonna actually do this? Well, so, I mean, I, I I was always into like film and entertainment and that kind of stuff, right? So so I. So I, um, I was like, you know, a film and English major and all that stuff. And I had my, 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 the consistent thing had been like teaching. So I was like, you know, I, I, I studied, uh, teaching in high school. I was a, I was a TA in college. I like TA'd for like a class at like San Quentin and stuff. Really? And, and then, um. I did not know this about you. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so, and you know, and I. I like I, I came out here in co- for college to intern at Disney or whatever, and I thought like oh I'll make it into the film, but I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I didn't know what, anything at all. Um, I went to I worked in marketing for a while. I went I taught uh, English in Japan, right? I came back to 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 the United States, and I was working at a Montessori school, and then I, I think I was taking a like a film class in in in, in Oakland, I think, and uh, and I and I met a uh, a woman who was part of a husband and wife surfing cinematography team all they did was like they just traveled the world and shot surf videos and scuba diving ah. videos and stuff we were talking about the industry and i was telling her what i was doing and she said look if you're not in the business you're not in it so you need to just move to, move to la and stop being a little bitch about it and i was like okay well that's what i'll do so i wow. moved to la um and i and i came down here and i got teaching work i, w- I was teaching like uh i was teaching at like prep schools and t- i was teaching like sat preparation and then, uh, and then I got, I started getting, I started working on, on sets. I started working on, on like a, a film school student shoots for like USC and AFI and stuff like that. So I was a, so I was a, I was a camera assistant, um, and a grip for a few years. And then, uh, and then the, uh, the writer's strike happened, some work dried up. I got, and I got a job as a copy editor for a newswire service. Um, on the graveyard shift, working like from 10 p.m. until six in the morning. Yikes! I did that for. Uh, I'm tired seven of just years. hearing that. I know, right? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Fuck. it fucked my sleep all up. Right? Yeah, I did that for I don't know seven years, and maybe a year into that, my my girlfriend at the time um, went away for graduate school, so I had all this extra free time. So I started taking improv classes during the day and going to work at night, and so I did that for for a bunch of years, and then. Um, and then why improv though? Uh, I well, cause so I was I was a I was a uh, a blocked writer, and I needed I needed some sort of like create something to get the kind of creative juices going. And I was scared of the idea of improv, so I'm like, all right, well, I'll figure out. I think I had a group on, so I so I went started started doing improv, and then and then I learned that oh, every school has a different has a different uh, philosophy. So I'm like, okay, great, I need to start taking classes at all of them. So I, I was at UCB, and I was at I was you know, um, and then uh, so I did that for a while. Then I had a, I had a stint where I was like, all right, I'm gonna get into technology because that's where the money is. And I had a lot of <laughs> shitty experiences working at startups. Um, and then, and all this time I'm doing improv. And then, um, you know, I got onto 
a house team and I started uh, an indie team and we're kind of like we're performing out. But and then I got into a bit of a uh, <clears throat> a uh, what do you call it a uh, uh, a rut creative mm. rut and I was like I don't know why I'm annoyed at all this shit and then um and and so in the in the same couple of months number one I I ran into a bunch of different people who were talking randomly about impro and how much they really liked it and how it was like a level up and then also my my um <clears throat> my uh, coach for my house team he said um if you're in a rut maybe the the goal is to start taking it seriously you know what I mean and maybe like to try to go out for some commercials and stuff like this wow. and, and, he, and he was just and he was like look he's like you can you know you can get paid being like the guy who catches the beer in the beer commercial and smiles at the camera he's like you can be that guy it's not a big deal like just you know go out for it and that and that happened right at the top of 2020 and also that was when i went to impro and i and then i started meeting all these people who were super motivated and super energetic right people like you people like maddie right who were who who introduced me to other people kind of doing in- interesting things and i was like okay well maybe this is Maybe this is a, a thing, and I and I and it was amazing because like the more I enjoyed performing, the more I was like, does this mean that I have to go go this route? Because oh my god, you know what I mean? Like, and and I remember I was I was using this the same sort of image I was using um, about I was talking to somebody about like uh, about going going through groundlings, and it was like and I, and I said it was like kind of like moving to an island where there's this giant cliff. And all, all day long, you just see people climbing up the cliff, trying to reach the top, and then falling to their deaths, right? And you're like, why the fuck would anyone ever fucking do that? And then after living on the island for a while, you're like, if I'm living on this island, I should probably try climbing the cliff, right? Um, but the odds are completely against you. It's, it's completely stupid. Your family is like, what the fuck are you doing? And honestly, like, I've stopped talking about it to my family. Because yes. it's just, it's just I mean, they, they, to their credit, they are supportive. They want to be supportive, but they don't. Understand. They don't understand what success can it look like. It barely makes sense yeah. to me. Like I'm, I'm, I'm talking about something, some, some, some fantastic project I was a part of. I'm like, oh, and so you, did you get paid for that? Yeah. And I'm like, no, but that's not the point. But even saying it, I feel dumb. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's not easy to explain to other people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though I've had like success that any of my friends would be like, amazing, mm-hmm. until my mom can point to a commercial that right. I'm in. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense, yeah. really. Yeah. Uh, and you're not wrong. I'm fully supported by it too. Yeah. But you're not. You're also correct in going. What? Why me? Why am I doing this? I know. What the fuck? Why? It just makes zero sense. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, uh, so I knew that no matter. Well, I was afraid of entering the business too, mm-hmm. um, for many other different reasons. And the majority was, I think, I was afraid of being judged. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of not being good enough. Mm-hmm. I was afraid of the work it was going to take. Um, I didn't have the motivation of not having my family here. I was from here. So I didn't like, they didn't have a fire under my ass to go make it happen. If right. I was living in Podunk wherever and I had to come out and I, and I wasn't in where I needed to be, right. I might've felt more motivation yeah. many in many ways. I'm also a late bloomer when it comes to um, leaving the nest or mm-hmm. moving forward in my life. Um, I feel like I haven't really been an adult until the last few years of my life, which is fine. Like, I actually wish someone had said sooner, it's okay that you don't have it figured out until you're 30. It's, like, going to be okay. And to be fair, the economy has changed quite a bit in the last few decades, right? But can you use that as an excuse at a certain yes, point? Yes, you can, and I'll tell you why. Because okay. what what it takes to set yourself up and be independent is so much more than it used to be, right? It's like, like before it used to be like, oh, if you get a job, then you'll have a place to live. Right, right. right. And now it's like, well, if you get a job... In two or three specific disciplines, you can have a place to live. But in LA, yeah. to have a one-bedroom apartment, you need to make six figures. That's just the truth. That's the truth. 
right? So so it's 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 a different equation than it was in whatever nineteen eighty five. And you're right. You're right. I I guess I don't know much different from that. Right. So I don't. I can't begrudge it. Like mm-hmm. if I'm going, oh, the fucking recession hit. And well, then- I'm not saying blame the recession, but like I guess I guess it's, if you're like if you're kind of saying like, well, you know. I'm a little bit of a loser because it took me until my 30s to figure out. I'm like, no, dude. You're right. Because I could Everyone be... is experiencing a version of that. Well, but I remember reading articles going, millennials are living at home. <laughs> like, women are not judging men who live at home still in the oh, same I'm, way I'm that sorry. they would have. They are. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just reality check. They are. I, I, there was a poll taken by Cosmo. I, I, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to hate on anybody. 30% but less of I'm women. out there in these streets and I'll tell you. <laughs> Well, how old are the women we're talking about? I mean, I I, I don't know. I'm I'm talking. You're out in the streets. I mean, I, I'm just I'm just saying, right? In general, <laughs> if you have a fucking kick-ass apartment, it's a lot easier to have these conversations. I'm not. I just know that I have like excused a lot for sure. men personally. Yes, yes, yes. Based off of I don't like, mean to paint with a broad brush. Obviously. And I was painting with a broad women brush. Women are not a monolith. And and you're not. And I'm not. And I'm painting with a broad brush. Going, <laughs> women are cool with it. I'm not right now. <laughs> right, right, right. Although that being said, a man being fiscally successful mm-hmm. or uh, careerly successful is less important than am I attracted to this person and are they nice and are they healthy people? Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Now I don't want a f- guy who's going to commit fraud. Like I know, some, like I know a woman who is successful in this career. Mm-hmm. She's older than me. Mm-hmm. You have I don't even know if you met her, but mm-hmm. she's she's in a she. Is a world that you went into okay. that where you told where you were told that your bone structure wasn't proper. Got it, got it, got it. The first man she married was in debt and didn't tell her and signed the house to her name and fucked her over and oh, like shit. then left her. It was the first man she married. It's not what she wanted. No, but she married that man and she was like never going to get married until that and then she got married. Whatever. And the most recent man she dated, mm-hmm. everything seemed fine. He just mm-hmm. would come down from like Carmel or something mm-hmm. or whatever. He had no money. Mm. He was fucking lying. Mm. He wasn't living with his mom because she was sick. He, mm. his was a, we're talking about a 65-year-old man yeah, yeah, who had yeah, nothing yeah. going for She just, like, yeah, attracted yeah. these dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a lot of guys are out there like that, but she now has this opinion that yeah. men are yeah. incapable of taking care of themselves right. and all liars. Right, right, right. I will say this. There are going to be more and more of those men because the way... I mean, it's just like... There's no way for them to make any money. If and, you're, you're going to live... In this town, you know what I mean. It's like you, you, or rather, yeah. I'm not trying to make uh, excuses, but it's more, but it's more like it's like, well, if you are at that, because I suffer a version of this too, right? Where it's like, if you get to a certain point and you're expected to have certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, as a partner, you mean? No, in, ge- in general, everyone's like, oh, you're whatever, you're 45. Oh, that means that you have whatever, uh, two kids and a mortgage and XYZ, whatever, whatever, whatever right? Um, at, at a certain point, you're either going to, you're either going to have to be like, well, I'm gonna. I'm going to accept that the field has drastically narrowed for me, or you're going to have to, you know, be, have a, have a, have a narrative that explains what, where your journey is taking you and why you're here, or you're going to start lying about it. Right? Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? No, I, I think that's a good point. Um, I have a hard time understanding people who lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it's not, it's not in my nature mm-hmm. to lie. Right. And so when I've come across pathological liars or mm-hmm. like when this woman found out the hard way mm-hmm. that she was dating someone that was just hoping that he would, she would find, he would finance, she would financially take care of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like, how long can I make this last? <laughs> like that fucking, in, like the, 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 the pit, like the pity of that. I like, 
It's just really hard for me to understand how humans exist that way. I mean, it's, I mean, I feel like one of the biggest sort of wake up calls after leaving college was just like, oh, there are a lot of people out there that are just wild. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's that, that kind of thing. Like I, and, and, and I feel like one thing that, it, that sucks too is like it, it serves you to be open and to be trusting and to be vulnerable, but it also doesn't makes you completely you. vulnerable to, yeah, the people that are, that are running a game on you, I guess. Well, and I had to find the balance personally of how is my sensitivity not a weakness? Because mm-hmm. it would, it is, and has been taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. But then I needed to learn how to harness it in order for it to still be the tool that I could use as an actor or mm-hmm. as someone that can relate to people, yeah. but not for people, to, even if people were to walk away from... Well, here's a, the thing, or rather, how it was put to me was, you know, um, this thing about sensitivity and vulnerability is that, like, you have to have it in order to experience life fully, right? Um, but that means that you will be taking advantage of it. And, it. and it also means that when disaster strikes... It'll hurt more than it does other people, mm. and it's a bit. But it's like, but it's a trade off, right? You can you can decide to put on the armor, but mm. it also means that you're not gonna you're not gonna experience the joys, the of fullness life. of life. Yeah. Well, I do think though I've found the balance somehow. Yeah. Like an, an element of it is if someone walks away from an interaction from me with me and goes, "Oh, she's so sensitive," or whatever, mm-hmm. I don't give a flying fuck that you think that because. On the flip, is if there was a situation right now, I'm not going to take advantage of you. Wait, so when you say sensitive, do you mean sensitive like you're you're going to flash on somebody that 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 triggers you? Is that what you mean, or do you mean like you're more deeply hurt by things that more deeply less, hurt by that? I think, well, maybe I'm talking about old Jessica because hmm. there still is a part of me that's insecure that like walks away from an interaction, and goes, "Oh God," like. Not very often, because mm-hmm. I'm better at it, and mm-hmm. I have medication, and I have had therapy. Right. I'm always afraid that there's like one wrong thing I'm going to do mm-hmm. in a relationship, and that's going to make the relationship fold. Right. It's not about not giving credit to that person. Mm-hmm. It's about what am I not doing? Mm-hmm. Because that was a model, that was a, that was a dynamic that was modeled for me early on. Right. If I didn't do these three things... Then you're was, not worthy of love or whatever. Correct. Right. And so it's not anything against anybody, but I did walk through life that way. Mm-hmm. So when something that would happen that would crumble me or someone wouldn't say, I love you back, mm-hmm. or they... like. This is the silliest example. I will be pulling off um, from the curb to say mm-hmm. goodbye to somebody, right? And like I'm white, I'm waving to say goodbye. And then I wave back. Yeah. Or they've already turned to walk away back. They don't care. And they just don't care. Yeah. And I'm like, but I care. <laughs> like it hurts me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It hurts me that someone didn't take two extra seconds to go. They don't want to say bye to me one more time. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. an unreasonable expectation to have on somebody because that didn't mean our interaction was any less genuine. Right. It's just not one extra step that they needed to do, or maybe they didn't know I needed that. Right. I have enough experience under my belt mm-hmm. to go. That's just Roberta. Right. <laughs> or whatever, and go into my Roberta house. Doesn't wave. Yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah, wave. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or I mean, you do, but like, yeah, yeah. it's gonna be okay. Yeah. Or so, like, <laughs> a great example is yeah. who, my brother, who's uh, eighteen months younger than me. Mm-hmm. We were like bosom buddies, or at least I just, I just wanted him to be my best friend. Anything he did, I wanted him to do. Is I, I love him, and and did love him. And when he had a bunk bed situation, and I think so that he can have friends sleep sleep over. Mm-hmm. And my sister and I shared a room, mm-hmm. but occasionally I would go sleep on the bunk with him. Okay. And so we'd like have sleepovers or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
and my parents recollect this, and my brother recollects this. Okay. I actually recollect this too, but my parents could hear us. Yeah. And my brother, the brother and I were like talking, and you know those moments where you like have How a friend of. I couldn't be more than seven or eight. Okay, good. But like, there was still moments. I was that imagining he, you at sixteen. I'm like, well, honestly, this could have happened at sixteen right, too. Right, right. That's how that relation. That, that's how I sensitive I am. My mom yeah, yeah. to paint the better picture too. My mom up until I was twenty seven or eight mm-hmm. called me an exposed nerve. Mm-hmm. So that would most things hurt me. Yeah, I've learned for, to let them not right. or like not take them personally. Right. So, have you ever had like a sleepover? Like you you fall asleep in bed with a friend. And like you're talking and like okay, good night. Oh my God, and you're talking again uh-huh. for another 20 minutes. Yeah. Something about this night with my brother and I just felt like we were at a sleepover and we were just mm-hmm. talking all night. Mm-hmm. And we were like giggling and having the fucking best time. And oh my God, Joe, this, this, this. Okay, good night, I love you. And I was, wait, Joe, wait. Da, 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 da. And I was, we started talking again. Okay, good night, I love you. Oh, Joe, 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 Joe. Okay, good night, I love you. And he goes, Stop saying goodnight. I love you. You've already said it. I don't need to hear it again. And I'm like, okay, goodnight. I love you. Because <laughs> I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I also needed that to be the last thing yeah. that I said. Which is a great habit. My but that's my big, habit. I love it. I love you, family, too. That's. I think it's a good thing. I don't know. My dad wasn't. But I think my mom was. Mm-hmm. So she created that with us. Yeah. And I love you is important to us. And, you know, I can understand when people are like, the more you say it, uh, the less meaning it has. I disagree. I, I disagree, I too. I disagree with that. What's the problem in telling someone that you love yeah, them? Yeah, yeah. That's someone who has been hurt by someone mm-hmm. who said, I love you and didn't mean it, though, or something yeah, like yeah. that. That doesn't mean, though, that an introvert that doesn't express themselves clearly all the time right. doesn't love you. It's just, like my best friend Scott... I tell him this and I said, I didn't know you wanted to be my friend. And then when I knew you wanted to be my friend, I let you. Because right. like I would not have thought we would be friends. Right, right, right. He's such an introverted dude. Even though you met him and he was obviously outgoing. Yeah, yeah. He, we would go to sit at the D&D table together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't even know if this fucking guy <laughs> thinks I'm interested. Like I'm used to introverts yeah, thinking yeah. this fucking bitch is so annoying. Yeah, yeah, or what, yeah, yeah I'm yeah, just, yeah. that's what I tend to assume people uh-huh. think about me. Uh-huh. At least at that point. And then he would like come in with like. A dice set for me. Or like, Aww. oh, like I got this at a toy uh, convention. I thought you might like it. Uh, I was like, this motherfucker likes me. Uh, he wants to be my friend. Because that's his love language. Yeah, I know, yeah. had enough experience up to that point to know that's how he, he's expressing himself. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, he's not doing the seven things I would do if I were interested in being someone's friend. Right. I let him reveal himself that way. Right. Or took note. Right. As opposed to wrote, writing him off. I was about to write him off going, well, he never says hi. I mean, I must, and most people would. You know what I mean? If you're not, if you're not used to to looking for those signs. Definitely. Totally. It, yeah. it, the, the failure of most relationships is the inability to clearly state, I look for this. I mm-hmm. need this. And then the other person. Or say how you're feeling in general. My, that, that's hard for some people. I mean, I agree. My, my dad used to say, um, you know, I probably said this to you before. Um, that the people that you care about, like you think that the people that you care about know how you feel about them, but they don't. So you have to tell them all the time. So I'm always, I'm always like, I can get totally corny with people, but it's because it's like people don't know. Like you have to tell them. Yeah. But you have parents that are, they walked away really well adjusted. Yeah, does that? Am I wrong about that? Or I mean, I, I, I think they are. I mean, pretty emotionally. Everyone, everyone's healthy. got issues. My parents do too. Sure. But I, but I feel like when it comes to things like that, like when it when it comes to you know how do you build a connected family unit i feel like i i, I you got a good it. example yeah yeah, yeah. cuz yeah. you were a good guy 
out of that. Like I can tell you have people that loved you that went mm. go, and oh. and you can tell just in the way you walk through the I mean, world. My, my mom would say, she, she, my mom. I remember my mom saying that that like that like uh, like one of the critical uh, ingredients of 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 self worth in being able to like deal with people well is to come from an environment of where you know that you're loved, right? Like that way you can you know. Wow. Yeah. Because if you don't have that, I, 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 it wasn't until maybe out of high school that I understood the importance of family, even though like it's, it's a very funny thing that family is just, it's there if you're lucky enough, right? To have a family, even if it's just your mom, mm-hmm. that's just there. If you're lucky enough to have someone that's dedicated to being there, even if it's your grandma, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's easy to take that for granted, mm-hmm. but it still is the most important thing to you. Cause first of all, like they talk about this with uh bipolar or uh, not bipolar, but um, borderline or narcissistic. It's all stuff that's formulated at the young ages. Uh, kids have to intrinsically trust their parents up until about age 11 or 12 mm-hmm. because their survival depends on it. So no matter what, if you're hearing a bunch of gobbledygook, you're mm-hmm. like, well, my dad told me that, so it's got to be true, yeah. which yeah. is where you get indoctrination from, which mm-hmm. is where you get, if you're not being paid attention to, that's where you get narcissism or borderline, etc. It's just... Yeah. It's not the whole picture, but it, when you start thinking about what a kid was given and not given, it can mm. make sense to how they become an adult. Definitely. Um, I've lost my train of thought. What were we talking about? Oh, so... Um, having someone that cares about you is and so important. To your, yeah. So it's important to just even... Like, we can't be raised in a void, too. Without... Mm. If we don't have human contact, they did this to kids, right? Where they, like, <laughs> raise them without any human contact. Right, right. Get fucked up. Yeah, I bet. Because it's just like dogs to this point have been evolved to the point where if they don't have human contact, they can't really live. Yeah, yeah. Because they've become too enmeshed with us. Mm-hmm. But again, so you take that for granted that you have this family unit that you can mm-hmm. go back to that you treat. I treated my mom like shit because it didn't fucking matter. Right. Because she was always going to love me the next day. Yeah. But then when you walk away and go, oh my God, Peter doesn't think I'm cool. Yeah, yeah, That fucking sucks. Yeah. But then you know you can go home and talk mm-hmm. to my brother Joe. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, fuck Peter. Yeah, yeah. Or whatever. And right. I could have treated Joe like shit the day before. Mm-hmm. That that home base of... We know who you are. Yeah, yeah. Is really... You can make your own family, though. Mm-hmm. Like, even with Scott, even though I'm not lacking in family, yeah. I feel like I'm part of his family, too. That's a testament to the way that they love mm-hmm. and express themselves. Those His kids look at me like Aunt Jessica or yeah. or his sister, you know, and I don't feel like I wasn't there with them throughout the whole thing. Right. But I also don't take that for granted, either. Yeah. But, like someone said to me recently, you're so good with kids. And that's important to me. And mm-hmm. it meant a lot. Because I want kids to feel unconditional love can come mm-hmm. from other sources. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you're cool and weird and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Hey, can I help you be a little bit better at that? Yeah. You were weird. You didn't say hi to me. You should have said hi. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. I'm not your parent. I just actually, I hit Scott's kid in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and I, we talked about it when I had him on the podcast. Yeah. Um, we were walking the street. We were walking across the street. My dad was like, really nervous about that stuff with us. Uh, so he was oh, like. Oh, she tried to walk across the light, I'm guessing? He. He. Was looking down at his plate. Yeah, or he yeah. had brought like a project home. And uh, we were walking across the street. And I was like, okay, look both ways. And he was just looking down. Mm. And I'm like, look up. And I hit him in the forehead. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went, oh, God, this is not my <laughs> child. <laughs> I should not have hit that. Yeah, it takes a village, right? Yeah, well, and his dad was like, whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's better than getting hit by a car. Well, and again, though, like, this is why I had to explain it to Scott. I was like, this is not my kid. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure you guys are raising him right. Right. But it frustrated me yeah, that yeah, he yeah, wasn't yeah, looking... Yeah. And, and 
my dad would have done the same exact thing. And right. so I went to I went to Benjamin, the, the kid. I said, I'm sorry that I hit you. And then I looked at Scott. I said, Scott, I just hit your child, but I've apologized. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, it, but I loved the kid so much yeah, yeah. that I needed him to know this is important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and by hitting him, like bopping him in the forehead was the only way I could express How that. How old is he? Seven. Oh. The problem with this kid too. The problem and the the most amazing thing about him is he he's too smart. Mm. He's like smarter than his own, to his own. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he does get things, but he gets me, in his me, own. World. Like he's he's smart, too smart that he gets in his head about things. No, too smart where it like could get him in trouble because people like his dad expects so much of him because but, uh, he's because so smart. Because he's so capable, I get that. Like it's it's a detriment almost to him how smart he is. Right. I, at least. Uh, maybe that's just me playing, being hyperbolic because I just want to express how smart he is. Right. Like, because then you look at his other brother who's like a few years younger than him. Yeah. Squishy. Little right. softball. Right, right, Who's right. just like, I love Kirby. <laughs> right, <laughs> and, right, right. and he's, and he's, but he's a lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the other kid could, it was like almost everyone's like, is he going to be sociopathic? What's happening? <laughs> and you know, they were going to love him no matter what. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah. other kid's like, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, you couldn't be looking at polar opposites. It's adorable. It's adorable. Yeah. And, and it was so hard to watching the older brother be really hard on the younger brother because yeah. it reminded me of how hard I was on my sister. Right. So I'm seeing a lot of dynamic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that I went through. Anyway, I just want to also be the kid. Like, I want to be the adult around them that doesn't yeah. have to tell them what to do. If I don't... But, but I mean, uh, I mean, another way to look at it, the way I see it is like, that's what adults are for. Sure. Right? But again, I'm not You want to tell them what to do to keep them alive. I know. And you, and again, like, even though, like, you know, the whole, again, the whole It Takes a Village thing, it's like if, it's like, yeah, I, you know, the, the auntie label, like, you got to take that seriously. Like, it means that you are... You are the parent when the parents aren't there. Or their parents aren't looking or whatever. I guess. Because also because I would say too that like once the kid, you know, entrusts, once the kid trusts you, then you're in that circle where sure. things you say and you may even forget become law in their heads. You know what I mean? You're totally right. And I, that that um, responsibility isn't lost on me. Mm-hmm. And it's important to me. Mm-hmm. I know that I've touched lives of kids who just came in and out of the restaurant that I worked at. Right. Like I could see a, a family would come in. And I could see that the newest baby was getting fawned over. And then the oldest sister was just like out to lunch because yeah. no one cared. And so I was like, what's up with you? Yeah. And that's not, her parents are doing fine with her. I'm mm-hmm. sure. But I was like, I would have loved an adult female to come up to me and be like, what's what's your deal, Jess? Yeah. So yeah. I, I, mean, I, I still, even to this day, you know, I make eye contact with people when I'm talking to them specifically because... My mom took me to work one day and her boss was talking to me and she had very intense eye contact. Um, and I think I might have remarked on it. And she said, yes, it's very important to make eye contact to, sh- to show people that you respect them, that you're listening to them. And, you know, I still, I cannot remember her name, but I still remember that conversation. She left an, an entire, it, that's a huge part of your personality too, mm-hmm. is your ability. That She just, she impacted you hugely in that moment. Definitely, definitely. I guess that's what makes me a little afraid of how much I impart then too. Like, right. Am I the one who could tell these kids that they shouldn't be doing this? I, I, you're not wrong. But that's still just my opinion, and it's not the parents. Like, what are they trying to raise, and where does my opinion differ from what they're trying to raise? I mean, just off the top of my head, it sounds like that comes down to a to a to uh, like a self-worth thing with you, right? Like, do you think you are a capable adult who 
can be trusted around children. Yes. Then then why shouldn't you? Well, a couple times I've said something like where I've made a joke and the mom who I respect and love also is like, oh, we like, don't we don't please talk don't about tell dildo jokes around my daughter. Something like that. Honestly, you're not wrong, but you're 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 not right either. Was yeah, yeah. But essentially, like, oh, we don't say the liar thing, and that's where I go. Oh, fuck! I fucked up. Like, you're right, that's a self-worth moment, where in reality, she's just correcting me, saying, this is, we're learning that we don't want to go there. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, oh my god, I've made a mistake, and, <laughs> and I should never have, I've re- disrespected them. So you're right, I'm probably putting an extra layer, that's perceptive of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, also, I mean, it's like, you know, you know, kids learn so much when their parents aren't looking, you know what I mean? Yeah. And every well-meaning, smart, considerate adult that can contribute i think that's a good thing i'm, I'm not gonna disagree with you i turned out fine and there was a hundred adults by us mm-hmm. that same day when i hit him in the face before we left uh-huh. we, were, we were walking him home from school he's like i was like what did you do today i realized like oh this is what parents do they ask yeah, me like yeah, what yeah. was your school like he's yeah. like we spent the last hour and a half talking about how timmy kissed joey and I'm like, okay, let's unpack that a little bit. What yeah, are you talking yeah, 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 yeah. about? She's like, well, so I needed to ask him questions. Like, why were we talking about it? Was it a bad thing that that happened? Uh, the teach, and I was like, well, what happened? He's mm-hmm. like, well, Joey, turns out Joey asked Timmy to kiss him. Mm-hmm. And then Joey said, don't tell anybody. Mm. So then. Joey asked Timmy to kiss him. And, and then Joey said, don't tell anybody. Or let's pretend like I didn't ask you to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if we're to believe children that are in sixth grade or, uh, you know, second grade <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then Joey goes, oh, my God, Timmy kissed me, like, to, like, ostracize him or something. Oh, wow. And so. There's levels and levels. So many levels. Yeah. And so one of the girls went to the teacher and said, Timmy kissed Joey without asking. Oh, shit. Right. So now it became this whole Without saying it, consent <coughs> issue. Timmy got Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Oh my god, he got decided and everything. Oh my. God. Well, that's why I was like, "There's a lot of levels to this, mm-hmm. Benjamin." Mm-hmm. Let's continue talking, because I was really like, even with thirty year olds, this would be a fucking thing. It would be a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, well, because a, I was worried about: are, is a teacher going to tell them that it's not okay that two boys kissed? Right. Or is like like because I didn't know the whole story, and mm-hmm. strangely enough, I was like. Is this teacher equipped to have this conversation? Right. So I just wanted to lightly assess without making the child, Benjamin feel pressed. Mm-hmm. What did, what's the impression you walked away with? Mm-hmm. What was the teacher saying was good and bad about this? Why did you spend two hours talking about yeah, this yeah, information? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and he said, she basically she said it was unhygienic. Interesting. Yeah. And Interesting. now that is kind of true but with COVID. Yeah. Right? So like that might be a lens. Even more levels. To frame it. Yeah. Like, it's like, hey, we don't kiss because of COVID or something. Like, so that was my takeaway. Hmm. But but I did, I, I waltzed to the point of going, did the teacher say it was bad that the boys kissed? And, because it seems like if they agreed to do that, it could, it's not that bad, right? Right. But, but, but he's but like, uh, well, the problem is that he lied. Hand, like, if any, because I mean, like, because I'm thinking back to when I was in elementary school. And like, yeah, you have like those, the little kind of like sexual explorations with other It happens, kids totally. And, and even at that age... In the second grade or whatever, you're like, you can't fucking tell anybody about this shit. Just, what, to- right? Oh, totally. Even at that age, you're like, we can't, we know this is not a thing that we can talk about. So that's 100% about. what it was yeah. then. Because what Benjamin said that now that I'm remembering it better, Timmy got in trouble for lying. Mm. Saying like, oh, I didn't. But yeah, Joey yeah. was the one who said, don't tell anybody. Joey's. Joey's, Joey's little advanced. Joey's not cool. Joey's not cool. Yeah. 
Joey's. We've all been there though. We've all been. We've all been in a room with a Joey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember with a family friend's daughter. I was too young. She was just a couple years older than me, yeah. and it was doctor time. And, and it was like, taking off your clothes, and yeah, I don't yeah. think any nothing about it. Yeah, yeah. And our yeah. parents whisked us out of the room. No, and yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. what? <laughs> what do we do? Yeah. And I still to this day don't know what we did wrong. Yeah. Like, yeah. No one handled that well. Yeah. You know what I mean? You come away with, oh, my body is wrong. shameful, yeah, or yeah, 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 I, yeah. and I'm sure, given if we were alone for twelve more minutes, something would have happened that shouldn't have. Yeah. But they could have gone children. <laughs> Put your clothes on first. Yes, yes, yes. Let's talk. Yeah, and this, yeah, yeah. But it, it is true. I can see though how, like, I can see how the panic reflex would take over when you're, because you're, you're always like, how do I keep this fucking kid alive? He seems to want to run out in the street every time I turn my head. And then you go away. You have a fucking glass of wine and hors d'oeuvre, and you come back in and clothes are off, and somebody's playing. Some of the kids playing doctor. I'd be like, what the fuck? Get, get, get. My sister was with a younger kid. Mm-hmm. I guess he was her age, and she, you know they were young. Mm-hmm. He moved the fucking dresser in front of the door to take off her clothes. That motherfucker knew. He knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. both, when mom was like, I can't get in. It's like, he, they, they move the dresser. Hold on, hold on. And they get under the bed. Oh, like on others. Uh, again, we shared a room. So he yeah, was, she yeah, was in yeah, mine. Yeah. He was in hers. <laughs> Covered up to the, with comforters. And it, but like, that fucking kid knew. Uh, so. But yeah, you're right. So yeah. like you even said to me yesterday, your dad made you afraid of a bunch of things. He was... My dad was trying to make me afraid of men that were like him mm-hmm. and were, was trying to give me a cautionary tale against women who were against him. Mm-hmm. Or because he did, he did not have life experience. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is not a podcast about me. But I, I mean, think, it kind of is. It sure is. <laughs> but I think we're relating also, but I can yeah. always make it about me. Yeah. But the the short end of it is he was doing the best he could to make me live. Right. But in a world that he was scared of. Yeah, yeah, yeah That yeah, he yeah. could, he knew he could survive with machismo. Right. And he's looking at a female. Right. With men around the world like him. And yeah. he he didn't know how he was going to get me through that. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't begrudge what he trained me to believe. Although it, I didn't trust men. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had to learn the hard way. But thankfully I had people... I actually didn't even trust myself. I didn't think I was worthy of being trusted also. Mm-hmm. Strange. I don't think he had anything to do with that. I think that just was like the DNA I was born with. Right, right Or maybe right. my mom had something to do with that. But it's been, I've had, I'm thankfully I've been surrounded by our mutual friends mm-hmm. who are like, we're going to, we're going to be here for you while right. you work through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, is very yeah. nice. I mean, untying all the stuff that, that yeah, the, your parents tell you at a young age that you just show like, oh, well, of course that's true then. Right. I mean, it takes long. It, you, you could say you could spend the rest of your life doing it. I know? still believe that, I, I'm going to tell a couple years ago, mm-hmm. that if my dad didn't press a certain sequence of buttons on the car radio, that the car was going to blow up. Because <laughs> it made a beep once. And I was like, Dad, what's that? He goes, oh, hold on. Beep, 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 beep. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, the car would have blown up. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's a bit. I, you forget about it five minutes later. And you carry that with you for I like can't, years. I was like, oh, God. Yeah. The car's going to blow up. Like, yeah. yeah. And then I went, my dad lied to me about a lot of things. <laughs> or just joked around. Yeah, yeah. But you're totally right. That one moment mm-hmm. lived with me forever. He's probably completely forgotten about it. And you're like, he doesn't even know. Yeah. And he's a fucking jokester. Yeah, 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 What's one thing like that your parents... Were your parents funny? Did they do anything like that? Uh, let's see. My, I mean, like, my, my family is very... 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they're very, like, you know, boisterous and, like, loud. My mom, my mom's side especially. Um, yeah, very, yeah. So I'm trying to think of... Because there, there are definitely things like that. But, but, but I think what I think of more is just, like, I don't know, like... Yeah, when, you're, when your parent says something about, oh, this is how life is. Mm. And you're like, oh, well, of course, that's how life is. You know what I mean? And then, it's, and then you don't sort of take it apart until later. And, so, and some of those things are, are good things. And some of those things are not as good. Like, for, for example, like, like uh, when I was kind of going through my, I was reading some book about finances and like going through, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you believe about money? What are the things you're, you know? And so, for example, you know, um, you know, we had three kids. We, we didn't have a lot of money. We had, a, we had a, enough, but like. You guys recur- ate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a recurring theme in our family was like, you know, money is not what you need in order to be happy and it was true like we as a family unit were happier than a lot of other families that i saw who had more money than we did but but like you know for example you know whatever somebody else's family is like uh you know they would they'd be going away to to disney world or something and we're like oh why can't we go to disney world um you know and they'd be like well they don't have three kids right right and you know and and they're you know and i understand it for in i understand it in the spirit it was meant like just kind of like joking but like the over the years the connection i made was like oh when you have kids that means that you can't afford to do things Uh, you know what i mean and like and that's what kids are kids are uh, and and that you it's kids are a trade-off right and so you get this certain type of domestic happiness but you also give up this other other kind of stuff things like things like that Um, well and she they weren't probably saying that in the reality they weren't saying you are the reason why we can't go but they were joking instead of saying probably maybe i'm assuming correctly but that instead of saying we don't have the money it's easier to make that joke that we have three kids that's a lot right and 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 also too it wasn't even like and you know i didn't grow up thinking like oh we're poor or anything like that yeah because i was like well we have everything we need and we did um but uh but just like you know when when you're thinking about money and you're and you're uh, when i am thinking about money uh, and, and there's certain things that I assume are, are like baseline realities. And, and I'm like, oh, that's actually just, that's just something that I kind of took from how I was raised. It isn't necessarily how things are. Um, that's the first thing that pops in my mind. Though. Totally. Well, so some things that have really impressed me in what we talked about is a, I knew this about you and I, there's so many things that I want to shake you when you say things. Hmm. Cause I'm like, be more optimistic about that. But you also have a little bit more experience. You are an optimist, but you are like an extreme realist too. Am I? You have a little bit more of a chip on your shoulder. This is my impression, by the okay. way. When it comes to people are not... Like, you have a little bit of an... Ex- like, you don't think people are going to always present as how they present. Or I mean, give me an example. Today, you did it on the podcast. We're like... Or we've talked about, like... Um, I'm not going to be able to give you an example now. Hmm. You like you think people are going to judge you. I don't walk around worrying about that. Oh, mm-hmm. Like, so you ha- you come at certain things... With what's that person's ulterior motive? Okay, that's okay. all I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't ever think about that. So you, not only do you get me to think about it, but I'm also like, it doesn't matter. Oh, right, right, but it, right. but it does. When, and especially when we talk about it, I'm like, I can totally see why that is part of that narrative, mm-hmm. though, too. So I'm not saying it's a negative thing, but it's yeah, it, it's yeah, yeah. impressing me even further, especially since we spent two days together so closely linked. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really interesting to see how that is part of your narrative and your worldview a lot of it i don't i don't even really see also and, and this is probably pretty common until 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 it's questioned so we were talking about this yesterday too where like uh a belief that i've had 
uh, about romantic relationships that I've only recently started to really kind of question was the idea like, oh, you don't really know somebody until you fight them, right? Um, and and uh, this was, you know, I was I, I was I was used to that being the kind of thing which is like, oh, well, you don't you don't know someone who they are until you know what they're capable of. So you see them under stress until they say things that they don't mean or whatever. And then you're like, oh, now I know what you really believe. That was kind of how I kind of said it. And then, and it was, and it was only, it was in a, in a, in a, like a therapy session not long ago where they were like, well, hold on, let's, let's kind of take that apart. And so, and so I, and so I, I said that to my current girlfriend and her, who I, who I've been dating only for about a month. And her reaction was, whoa. (laughs) And I was like. I know. <laughs> uh, I, I understand. I know. I know. There's, you know, and 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 even in the even in the recent past, you know, I've had experiences that kind of that kind of uh, uh, what do you call it? Solidified that or no, challenged it? Challenged it, right? Like you know, I've, I've and, and and even when you know, in kind of like talking through. So in this relationship I'm, I'm in now, I feel like it's kind of characterized by more kind of candor and more kind of like talking out, like oh, what are the what are the difficult things we might kind of run into how are we going to deal with those things and and uh and and then in that kind of context i'm like oh well yeah it's not necessary to get to the point where we're throwing plates at each other and you know what i mean uh storming out in the middle of the night and i have to like chase you down which is what the kind of stuff that i initially thought was just part of a relationship go like, oh, at some point you're going to get up and leave and i'm gonna and you're gonna run out of my house in the middle of the night and i'm gonna have to chase you down the street like you know begging for you to just get in the car come back in the house i'm like oh that's just part of the whole <laughs> It's just what relationships involve, right? No, they don't have to involve that. They definitely don't. Right, but right, but right. it's modeled in TV shows. Yeah, yeah It's yeah. not different. It's not dis- uh, dissimilar from me thinking the guy has to be not interested in me, and I have to get him to see me when I take my glasses off and walk down the fucking yeah, stairs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, like a lot of, I can see why parents don't want to introduce them to like the Disney princess stuff yeah. right away because yeah. it does it set up an interesting narrative. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. but. It is a mark of maturity to be able to go, hey, this is something I'm working through. I want to share that with you. I'm not saying we need to get in a fight right now. Right. But we can, but I, but just know that this is where a belief I'm working on. Right. At the same time, and we were talking about this too, I do, I'm not, uh, I don't, I'm not spoiling for a fight, but I'm also like, I'm not afraid of it too, because I do, I feel, I do feel like conflict is valuable, right? You need to kind of get the things out that you are maybe too afraid to, to say and whatever process gets you to doing that. I think that, that can be positive as long as you're respectful and whatnot. Well, and I think the difference is, I mean, you know, I'm not fighting you in that moment, especially with a partner. I'm mm-hmm. fighting the conflict right. together. Right. So, and that's, again, you don't know how that person's going to do that. You're right mm-hmm. until the shit hits the fan, mm-hmm. typically. Unless you've already built a, a some sort of rapport. Mm-hmm. You'd like to assume the rapport... But you're right. Some people, you know, when pressed to the wire, they may not behave well. Yeah, and I, and hopefully, yeah. I mean, yeah. I I feel like also, yeah. When when the stakes are high in a, in a relationship, yeah, you can, um, you can behave in ways that even you didn't expect. Totally. But I guess that's why it is important to if you're going to be in a relationship, you want to be with someone that recognizes the biggest struggle isn't whether you two are going to get along. There's other things in life that will make that difficult. Right. So if you can come from like a mutual line of respect and go, we're tackling this even bigger problem together. Right. But but how many of us have been in relationships that gotten to that point? Or have we been in relationships when got when we get there, we accept that Brad's really bad at those and throws mm-hmm. a fucking plate. Right, you right, know? right, right. Because right. I want to be loved or I don't want to be the difficult one in right. this situation. That, that's, a, that's a thing. For me too. Yeah, I don't want to be the. I don't want to. 
I don't want to be the one that got, that got made them leave or yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. I remember with my second boyfriend crawling back and like laying in a fetal position waiting for him to apologize for me. Wow. For having done nothing. But you you were crawling back waiting for an opportunity to apologize. Waiting to him. for him to I'm sorry, waiting for him to forgive me. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So like I apologized, but he wasn't speaking to me to me until he felt like he was ready, uh-huh. and I was laying on the bed, prone, waiting for him to acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. Just because, mm-hmm. but like I would never do that today. But I was worn down. Which part would you never do? Uh, let myself get to a point in a relationship where I've been kicked out. I come back and oh. I'm in a fetal position <laughs> and okay, okay. have no self-esteem. Right, right, right. Like, right. I might get a little close to that, but right, I'm not right. going to come back after time 50 and go, this, this is what I do now. This yeah, is who yeah, I, yeah, this is yeah. the person I want to be with. Right, right, right. That, that was a particularly bad relationship uh, that... I looked at that, like, it was the first time I understood that your esteem could be eroded mm-hmm. because of circumstances. Oh, definitely. Because I, I would, you would never, you would never picture me be able to be able to be balled up in a corner yeah, yeah, and waiting yeah. for someone to talk to me. Yeah, yeah. But not the person you know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I'd be throwing the tantrum, probably. <laughs> um, and another thing I think of, I love, and I just didn't, I guess I didn't know this about you either, mm-hmm. but just your penchant for teaching. I know your penchant for learning, mm-hmm. but I didn't know you taught a lot, too. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's I think it's I think it's in the same uh, it's the same lane as performing, you know. I could see that. Yeah, teaching scares me. I don't know if you could tell when we were doing the workshop yesterday. It's like my it's one of my least comfortable positions. Right. Um, I've obviously over like worked through that because hmm. it is like performing. And I yeah. just have to tell a bunch of people that I'm capable of teaching this. Right, right, right. It doesn't fill me up though. It doesn't like get me excited to like wake up in the morning. So I, I'm not, I don't pursue teaching for that reason, mm-hmm. but I, I mean, lo- there's all sorts of, I mean, there's, I mean, there's all kinds of teaching and so, and I feel like so much of that is so much of that is can, can come down to the students too. That's right? fair. Like, 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 uh, teaching, teaching adults who are, who are, who have chosen to be there and have paid to be there, you know, or teaching, um, teaching older adults is great, right? People who, who are, uh, who have, who have lived a life and are like, you know, I, I, I want to be here because this is the best use of my time. And then teaching like really little kids who are, who are, who have not yet learned to be too cool to pay attention and engage. Like it could be fantastic. You're, you're, you're totally right. Yeah. I also love the challenge though. Of, mm-hmm. Like one of the things I learned when I first started teaching, I found myself like drawn to like cute little Timmy, right? Who's just mm-hmm. like, I love filmmaking and we were like teaching them stop motion animation yeah but i ignored stefan who probably was awkward right who needed maybe the more attention yeah because i then i started realizing learning psychologically that like literally being cute gets us in the door and paid attention to right the whole world is high school or or elementary school like it doesn't change it doesn't change so that's a fun sound um so while, yes, the engaged students are the easier ones to teach, they're probably not the most needy to be taught. Well, I mean, in general, the age group, right? Like, if you're, like, kids that are in the kindergarten up to, like, sixth grade, like, even the ones that don't want to engage, I feel like you can, it's easier to convince them to engage, right? Because they're not, they're still, they're still little kids. They haven't, yeah. They haven't, they're not, they ha- they're not in the slamming the door shut, leave me alone. They're not in that stage. That's anymore. fair. And then high school, it's like high school is great 
but I think that's when we, we get more of that separation, right? Because there's some kids who who are, who are super engaged, and other kids that are, yeah, you know, they could be there for all, all sorts of reasons. Checked out or phone, yeah, ha- yeah. family life or whatever. Mm-hmm. But adults, like, adults, like, I feel like the older they get, the more engaged they get, you know? It certainly can happen. Uh, I've had my challenge teaching adults that don't, are not improvisers but want to learn improv. Mm-hmm. And it can be challenging. Oh, certainly, yeah. But but what part do you find challenging? Is it like the authority part of it? No, not necessarily. Um, I I will say this before I answer that. Mm-hmm. In the more experience I get with teaching, mm-hmm. the more people that are resistant to say let's the let, let's say the lesson. I have a hard time explaining myself sometimes okay. when I'm like trying to like let's do this now. Here's the goal or whatever. Yeah, and that might be the authority aspect of it. Um, but but I. I find it challenging. Like, even with kids, when I started teaching kids, I didn't realize that a sixth grader doesn't understand three-syllable words Mm. or something like that. Like, I was using different language with them because I didn't have enough experience with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, one kid didn't want to perform when the parents were there, and I should have just picked the kid up, brought her on stage, and held her or something because she was six as opposed to go to sit with your mom because the kid was just bummed that she wasn't in the performance after. Right, 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 like right, I couldn't right. have known that without right. the experience. And then I think too is also it's like what is it what is it you want them to take away, right? If it's the skills they want them to take away, that's one thing. If it's the performance experience you want them to take away, that's another thing. So it may be that like oh this part that everyone thinks is so important like the performance may not be the key. Maybe she'll perform next time. But she, but she got the lesson, and I didn't know what it was yeah. until this kid was upset that even though I ran to mom and made this choice, I right. didn't. I did wish I didn't do that. Right, and also too, I don't say this. It's tough like, with age. They're all, yeah, they're kids, right? So they don't always know what they. Well, what the, the right mom came is. up to me and said, "She was so upset that she didn't go up there, like it was my fault," and and I'm like, "Right, oh okay." Yeah. I, I, but, but also, your job is not to make the kid happy. Your job is to teach the kid. And sometimes those things don't necessarily completely align. Maybe the kid is going to take that lesson and next time they'll be like, oh, well, I definitely want to perform this time Maybe. because I didn't perform last time and I was sad about it. Maybe. Yeah. Or they blocked it out. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But yes, there's been times where I've succeeded as a teacher where I see someone that's resistant and is challenging me on my observation. I've gotten better at going, this is just me. This is where I'm coming from. I'm just trying to part the lesson that I'm here to teach you mm-hmm. and getting them to... St- I don't want to let people just... There's some people you can't teach. They don't want to be taught. Or they want to be told that they're not good enough. Especially mm-hmm. with, when it comes to acting, right? They don't want to... I would never tell anyone they're not good enough. But because I worked in an acting school, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of people that were resistant to notes. Right. That were just meant to help them book a job. Yeah. And so they would be shut off and that teacher would stop teaching them. Right. they go, oh, you're great. Good job. Okay, next. Because mm-hmm. they weren't going to be open to it. Yeah. I've done the best job teaching that I can do when I see that Bart is... Saying, well, what do you mean by that? Or, no, I, I this was my choice instead. And go, but why was that your choice? Mm-hmm. And press them mm-hmm. to get to the point, like Socratically get them to the place that I need them to. So that's when I felt most successful as a teacher. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. This person made it really hard for me in this moment, but they got their money's worth. Yeah, I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even I learned how to better teach the next person. One of the, I think one of the uh, biggest realizations that I had um, when I started teaching was that like when I was a student, when I was in school, it never occurred to me that I could hurt my teacher's feelings. <gasps> never. I, but why I, would you have ever? I was like, oh, what they? they don't care. They're, they're a teacher. Whatever. You know what I mean? And then, and then when I started teaching, I was like, oh, like it really matters to me if, yeah, like if Bart thinks I'm a dumbass or not, you know, I feel that. You know what I mean? I, 
I feel it all the, when people when certain kids weren't looking at us in the yeah, yeah, yeah. workshop yesterday I was like that person doesn't like me right, like right, right, right. it doesn't matter yeah but it's like the um have you ever seen Almost Famous mm-hmm. where uh Jason Lee's character is talking to the reporter the kid and he goes I look for the one you know don't print this on the record yeah. I look for the one person that's not getting off and I get make him, him get off yeah, yeah. actually that you can print <laughs> like that's true right. with so we all know the one person who's got their arms crossed in yep. the audience who doesn't want to be there yeah. and I'm like fuck you you're my challenge tonight right, motherfucker right 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 oh that that re- resonates very hard with me yeah um this is about time so my question to you is mm-hmm. What's your one takeaway? What's thing you? What's one thing you want people to take away from with this? Do you feel like you've represented yourself well? Uh, I don't know. I mean, hopefully, I've represented the one like fifth of me. <laughs> well, there's I guess, so many yeah. different things to talk about with yeah, when yeah, it yeah. comes to you. Totally, totally. I, I mean, I, I just, I mean, just yeah. It's 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 tough to it's tough to sum oneself up, right? That's so true. Yeah. And I think we just what that's what I like about this podcast, and I like about this series when I'm interviewing people that I'm friends with mm. or like. We're just going to talk about things we would probably talk about anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and you're yeah. really great at un- unpacking things. And you help me to see things in new lights and also challenge my perspective. Same. Which I'm grateful that I can do that. As I've said before, I like your, uh, your uh, what do you call it, your tendency towards action and saying the thing that people aren't going to say. So Most people don't like that. But that just solidified why you're in my life because I was like, well... That's how I value that. And if he values that, then that makes, then that's the person I want to keep around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, uh, yeah, so I, you actually helped me start saying that more clearly. I value honesty. I go towards the honest needle. Yeah. It's not always the best case scenario, but at least any, no one can say I wasn't truthful. <laughs> true. In that moment. True, true, true. To whatever point. <laughs> I don't know if it's the best thing or the worst thing. Anyway, that's not the, a good takeaway. What, what's one thing, what's a, like, what's a word of affirmation? I don't know. What's like, you, the first thing on your mind, you like ice cream? I don't know. Uh, oh, oh gosh! My buddy yeah. and me. I, I I don't know, but but I but I will say um, that um, uh, I'm on three improv teams. <laughs> uh, I was gonna ask that too. Pug uh, Forever Team, which performs at the Westside Comedy Theater every other Monday, and uh, the Bearded Company, which is about to the the LA branch is about to start. Oh, so um, you're officially part of the group now? Uh, yeah, you're officially, I, I, you're officially I mean, a beard. I think I'm a provisional member. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fantastic. Like super talented people so you're going to be performing you said or mm-hmm. what are yeah. you guys going to do uh i think i think our first scheduled performance is at the beginning of june i want to say where uh the glendale room and what is the genre what are you guys doing uh, i don't know yet oh. yeah we're still in that we're still in that kind of rehearsal development phase and so what we end, end up landing on uh, i don't know yet but that's I'm so exciting yeah, it's yeah. Great, whatever it is. i congratulations you're a perfect fit for them thank you you're welcome. actually it should because you're wonderful um, and my opinion really matters. So good for you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it absolutely does. Uh, Roberto, this was my pleasure. Jessica and Verdi was my pleasure. Jessica and Verdi! Okay, bye. Later. That does it for this week, Nichols. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of You Don't Know Nick. There are many different ways you can support our podcast. One of them is going to youdon'tknownick.com and finding out all the different places you can listen to our show. You can also follow us on Good Pods, which is basically Instagram for podcasts. Not only can you follow your favorite shows, you can listen to them right there in the app. If you're interested in finding some You Don't Know Nick merch or Jessica Lynn Verde merch, go to subtlegeek.spreadshirt.com. And if you're not already consider becoming a patreon member you can get exclusive swag and early access releases to episodes if we're able to get them to 
you in a timely manner. Go to patreon.com slash you don't know Nick. And if you haven't already, leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Nichols.